I want to ask you a question, right? If someone tells you to follow them, what is your response? Okay. Depends on who it is. Where are you going? What time? Why? Where? Okay. When? We already did our time. Huh? What are we trying to accomplish? Am I getting paid? Okay. So, in that, we have all those different responses, right? Why? Where are we going? All these different things, right? But the question becomes to us when we think about following. How many of you have been to the United States? We all been there, right? How many of you have ever been on a road trip or something like that, and you've had to follow someone in a van in front of you? Anyone ever been there? And you, you have a driver who is in the front of you who is the worst driver in the world to have to follow because they just ran the red light or they, they, had, they, they got past the light and you had to stay the red light. Anyone ever been there? How many of you run the red light to catch that person? No. I've done it, right? Okay. The point is, if you don't know, listen, if you don't know where you are going, you are going to do whatever you can to follow that person. Right? In today's society, when we think of, you know, driving and we think of going to states and we have GPS in it, you know, even then, if you don't update your GPS, you end up in a road where it doesn't exist. Um, I've actually had it happen to me where basically I was looking for, a, I want to say at that point it was a target, and we kept on going in a circle the same place, and we just kept on coming to the same place, and, and it wasn't there, all right? It was there no more because we didn't update the maps. But tonight we want to talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus. If you notice, every song that we sang talked about following Jesus, following him. What does that truly mean for us? For some people in this room, you know, they think following Jesus is coming to church. Following Jesus is me coming to church. That's my relationship with Jesus, coming to church. Or following Jesus is giving him five minutes of my day. Following Jesus is doing what? We want to look at when these two words that Jesus used, follow me. And we want to see the response of these different people that he called. And if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 4, if you don't, it's on the screen for you. But Matthew 4, 18 to 22. This is after Jesus was born, Jesus, you know, went through the temptations, and now it is he's getting ready to call his disciples. So it says this, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew's brother, cast their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Right? So we have two fishermen out there to sea. How many of you have ever been fishing? Anyone ever been fishing? Anyone know? Everyone been like real fishing? When I say real fishing, I'm talking about not just for your enjoyment of a handline fishing, but like on a commercial fishing vessel to see what it's all like. No one? You see, for us, listen, we need to understand something as we think of these guys, right? These guys were not just fishermen for leisure. They were not just out there with their hand line hoping to catch a turbot or catch something on their line. They were out there as a commercial fisherman. This is what their job was. 
they were ready to fish. They wanted to catch fish. So here it is, Jesus comes and he sees these two brothers and he continues on in verse 19. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, why do you think Jesus said to them, I will make you fishers of men? Huh? Okay, but why, why would he say, but listen, why would he say to fishermen who fish for fish that I want you to follow me to fisher for men? Because they understood what fishing is all about. They understood that fishing is not just something that you do for fun, but here it is, he's saying, look, I want you to fisher for men. I want you to understand that this is not just what we do on a regular basis, just going out and catching fish, but this is something different. I want you to fish for men. I want you to call people and, and tell them about Christ, tell them about me, into relationship. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, in the text it clearly tells us, they didn't waste no time, they didn't sit there and ponder and think about it and say, ah man, I wonder if we should follow Jesus. What is it said? Immediately. What does immediately mean? Right away. right away. All right? No questions asked. You just do what you got to do. You know when your parents tell you sometimes? My name is to delay is to disobey. Well, I don't know about that one. All right? But they tell you, look, don't ask me no question. Just do what I tell you to do. All right? Here it is. Jesus, listen. Jesus is giving them the invitation to say, look, just follow me. Follow me. Follow me, all right? Two words that changes the whole course of life. Follow me. Here it is. These guys were fishermen. And let me tell you, fishermen was considered not the best job that you could have at that time. It was a lowly job. It was like one of the bottom jobs. But here is Jesus is calling fishermen to follow him. You know, think about fishermen for a second, right? How many of you been in Parsky Dock? <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> All right. You, some of you may, you know, been to Parsky Dock on Montague, and you smell that stench of fish. I am going to tell you right now, right now, and I don't know if any of you do. But you will never, ever catch me on Potter's Key Dock eating anything from under the bridge. <laughs> or get anything to eat from there, all right? I'm not eating nothing. Listen. All right, listen. I am not eating nothing from there because guess what? I'm not trusting that, all right? Because you know why? I can smell it. I can smell the stench. And I know too many people get poisoned, all right? So here it is, right? Listen. Here it is. Jesus is saying, look, follow me, all right? And these guys just go. It continues in verse 21, 22. Somebody want to read it for us? Anyone? And going on from there, he's 
saw two other brothers, James and the son of James, son of Zebedee, and John's brother, and the bow which Zebedee did that father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat, and their father followed them. So here's the other brothers, right? He sees them. Again, same thing. Immediately they follow him. Again, when you consider this and you think about this, we have to understand the difference here with these two brothers. Did you notice something different with these two brothers? They were in the presence of who? Their Their father, right? Their parents. Now, This is something that, that we need to really understand and because what we have to understand about what he is saying is this. They did not ask their dad if we could follow Jesus. They did not ask their dad, you, you mind if we go with him? No, they immediately went. No questions asked. You know, which brings us to this point here. I don't know where any of you stand with your parents. I don't know where your parents stand with the relationship with the Lord. I don't know, all right? But the bottom line is this. Yes, the Bible tells you to obey your parents, honor your parents, and do all of that. But if it comes against the will of God, you do what God wants you to do above your parents. That's what the illustration is here, that these guys did not say, hey, Dad, can we please go? No. They felt the call from God and they went. Just like some of you in this room tonight, right? You may feel God calling you in your life to do something, but you're scared of what your parents may say. And when I say what your parents may say, I'm talking about something spiritually minded here. I'm not talking about something about doing drugs or something like that. No. We're talking about something spiritually minded here. That God calls you and says, you know what? Shania, I want you to go on the mission field. <laughs> but listen, hold on, but listen, right? Listen. And I just call Shania, and I don't, you know, I'm not just, you know, I'm not like saying, but, but what happens in a situation when you feel God calling you to the mission field, but your parents tell you, you know what? That job ain't going to make no money. You're going to be unsuccessful. You could be a bum. You have to raise support. You could be asking people money. Stop begging people. But this is what God is calling you to do. What do you do? You follow your parents or you follow God? So we see that's what is going on here. The dilemma is for these guys is, you know what? They didn't even check with their dad. Now, let me bring this as a disclaimer right here. Right. Do not go home tonight and say, Dad, God is calling me in the mission field. I'm packing my bags and leaving the house. Do not do that. I don't, I don't have to do school no more. I'm done with school. God wants me to go. To, don't do that. But we see in this, like I said, in this situation, these guys understand. You see, Jesus wasn't just asking these men to give up what was important to them. He was inviting them to experience something that was even greater. Jesus was inviting them to pursue a daily relationship with him so that they could learn his ways, and this is discipleship. That's why these men became known as the first disciples. It wasn't a job. It was a new life. 
You see, when we come in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it isn't a job. This isn't something that we take for granted and say, oh, well, I got a relationship with Christ. I have fire insurance. I can do whatever I want to do. No, it's a change of life, change of perspective of life. Because when I come to Christ, you know what that means? My life no longer belongs to me. It belongs to him. We just sang it. No turning back. We look at Christ. He is, he is what we're looking at. No turning back. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 said this. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Now listen. Think of Matthew for a second. Do we know what Matthew is? Was? A tax collector, right? How many of y'all like them people coming into the airport when you all have to pick up some of the duties? Any, you like them people? All right. How many of you have ever been swung by a customs officer? All right. We are basically, listen, basically you've seen, you've seen an individual right before you come through the customs line, slip your boy on a little slow 20, and he walks three. But you've got to pay all your duty and everything else. All right? Tax collectors were no different in Jesus' day. They were not liked. No one wanted to see Matthew come to the house. Could he know when Matthew come to the house, what that mean? He come in with some money. Come pay your taxes. Again, this shows us something too. Because you may be in this room tonight and you say, you know what? Jesus would want nothing to do with me. All I am, I, all I am is a dirty old sinner. But you know what the reality of that is? We're all dirty sinners, no good sinners. There's no one in this room that deserves to Jesus to say, follow me. No one. No one. We don't deserve it. So it goes on. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Now, anyone know what anyone have a recliner? Their dad lays off in a recliner or does something? <laughs> That's me too. I have a recliner, okay? That means they were comfortable. They were on, they, like, it wasn't like, oh, gee, what, what's going to go on? No, no. They were laid off. They was ready to go. They was relaxing, having a good time, eating. You know, that was like a family dinner. Here it is. Jesus is sitting with sinners. People who in the community are no good. People who want nothing to do with God. But here Jesus comes to Matthew and says, follow me. Verse 11 says this. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why did your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Here it is, these Pharisees. Pharisees always had to question what Jesus was doing, right? All the time. They can't just accept what Jesus is doing. They have to question it no matter what. The religious leaders, Sadducees, the list goes on. But this is what Jesus responds is to them. But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Basically, it's like this. If I'm well, do I need to go to the doctor? It would be... It wouldn't, 
Right. It would not be a wise thing for me just to go to the doctor's hospital, check myself in the ER, and I'm feeling great to have to pay $3,000 before he could even see me. That would not be a great thing, right? That would be like, makes no sense. This is what Jesus is saying. Look, these people already are following me, all right? I'm not concerned about them. They're already with me. I got to be concerned with these people who don't have a relationship with me. It's just like for us in this room. Every one of us in this room, we know someone who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. We know him. In fact, it might be us. The question, what do we do with that? Do we tell our friends about Christ or do we just let them, you know, we know they don't have a relationship with Christ, we just see them going, burning, going to hell. What do we do with that? You see, Christ is telling us that he wants us to follow him. Verse 13, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he did not have to come and die for himself. He had to die for sinners like you and me. He had to die for people like us because you know what happened with us? We messed things up because we sinned. Adam sinned. And because Adam's sin fell on each one of us. And you know, we could all, all of us sometimes wonder to ourselves, why Adam? Why Eve? But the reality is this. It's that we are all in this room in need of a Savior. And as we consider this, as we can start this series, and we talk about what it means to be a disciple of Christ and embrace the life of a Christ follower, we need to recognize that as we come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, it is not our life anymore. It's not. Christ has paid a price for this. And I should do all I can in my life to make his name famous. You see, for us in this room who love sports, we could go and buy a Laker jersey. We could go buy a LeBron jersey. We could buy all these different things, and we're proud to wear that. But let me ask this question. Are you proud to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we proud of that? And if we're proud of that, when we're happy about something, what do we normally do? We tell someone about it. Am I right? If you're very excited about something, what do you normally do? Tell someone about it, right? As we close, as we think about this tonight, if you don't remember anything tonight at all, because I've seen some of you giggling and laughing the whole time, I want you to remember this. Following Jesus means to leave everything behind. No questions asked. Following Jesus means to leave everything behind. No questions asked. We don't come to Jesus and say, Jesus, can I do this, please? Can I still hold on to this? Can I, you know, I just want to have this. I want to hold on to this and, you know, just that's it. No. He wants us to give him 100%. He wants us to come to him with everything. 
And that's what he wants for each one of us. As we consider tonight, as we consider following Jesus, let us not forget that when he said to follow, then he told these disciples to follow him. Immediately, they dropped everything. We're going to go into our small groups, and you know, I just wanted to be transparent tonight. I want us to really sit there and ask ourselves, what is it that I'm holding on to that I don't want to give Jesus? Because I know that in my life, I have things, and I'm sure you do as well. Because there are things that we just love. Because Satan wants us to grab a hold of them and just, just love them to death. And the reality is that those things we hold on to, we're, we're not doing all that we can for Christ because we're holding on to too much baggage. So I challenge you, as like I said, when we go to small groups, to be transparent, to, you know, just ask yourself, what is it do I need to give to Christ? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, we pray that you continue to be honored in all that we do. And we just thank you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.